Hello, I'm Simon. And I'm Dan. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Dan, what are we talking about this week? This week, Simon, we're talking about poems for the Hazara. Oh! Yeah. Okay, you, so what, 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 I, what is I, that? Can I tell you more? Yeah. Oh, please. So, Would you like um, to learn more? <laughs> yeah. Are you sitting comfortably? Then let me begin. Poems for the Hazara is a multilingual poetry anthology and a collaborative poem composed of the works of 125 internationally recognised poets from 68 countries. Whoa! Poems in this book are in... That's so cool! Yeah, English, Spanish, Catalan, Japanese, Norwegian, Turkish, um, Hazaragi, Italian, Greek, German, Irish, Hebrew, Romanian, French, Armenian, Hungarian and Portuguese. They've all been translated... All non-English poems have been translated into English. It includes the poetry anthology and a collaborative poem featuring contributions from 23 international poets, an open letter from 354 celebrated poets, including Nobel, um, Pulitzer and Continental and National Literary Prize winners, as well as the presidents of PEN clubs, writers and associations from 97 countries is included at the end. So it's an antho- It's not one work. It's an anthology of, yeah. of, of poems, uh, but just all translated into English. Yeah, and the letter, the, the letter, this letter is addressed to world leaders in support of the Hazara people. The executive editor is a Hazara poet, journalist, and human rights activist, uh, Kamran Mir Hazar. Okay, so um, call me uh, ignorant, but w- what are the Hazara people? That's a very, very fine question. Uh, it's an ethnic group native to the region of uh, Hazarajat in central Afghanistan, speaking Hazaragi, a variant of Dari itself an eastern variety of persian and one of the two official languages of, of afghanistan okay and and so these people have been presumably persecuted by all the various geopolitical theory that's been going on in afghanistan for the past well well like when i i'm reading about years. i'm trying to fly through their kind of origin and history um it's uh, i'm trying to look at something that's vaguely kind of current have you got anything in there that's that's sultanas Certainly not. No, just just uh, just um, just raisins. No, no current briefly, affairs is what we're saying. Did briefly forget what raisins were. <laughs> the word for raisins. I went little dry black. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one. It's got I've got a whole list here of all the of all the uh, of all the poets in them. I wonder if there's anyone that we recognise. So when is this from? When is this from? Yeah, what year? It was published in 2014. Wow, this is that, that's such a cool collaborative project. Like, because yeah. I've been, I've actually been doing a bunch of videos. I, I can't remember if I talked about it before. I probably have. The Discord's probably shouting at me. Um, doing these videos about translation, um, mm. for a publisher called Vagabond Voices, um, and it's been super interesting because I've just been doing effectively the type of videos that we have for this podcast on YouTube. Hi to people who yep. are watching on YouTube. Um. Uh, with a waveform, and I also do subtitles for it. But it means that I've been listening to these interviews with super, super interesting people who work in translation. And mm. for example, I didn't know. Well, for, the, there's the the Man Booker Prize, right? Which is like kind yeah. of the apart from maybe the the Nobel Prize for Literature, it's like the prize in books, um, and it's for anything that's published in English. There is also the Man Booker International Prize, which mm-hmm. is for anything that's published in any. Well, it's something published in English that is has been translated from another language. Um, right. And the original is by an author who is alive, is the other key criteria. Um, and it's super interesting, you know, t- to sort of talk about the... 
these translators have been saying that's like a massive thing because it means that the work of translators in putting literary concepts from one language in, into what is basically the lingua franca, English, um, it's such an important role that doesn't really get any recognition at all. Um, and, you know, and, and also in these interviews talking about how important it is to draw influences from other languages because at the end of the day the stuff that these people are translating are just great stories and mm. you don't have to be of a particular culture to appreciate how good they are as stories and you know they've been translating stuff from Estonian and Japanese and Norwegian and all of these different languages um mm. yeah no, so, so this that, that's really interesting that we've, we've had this article at this time because I, I just edited one of those the other day um, okay, so so have you found any anyone that you recognise? And I've just been going through the list. There's a couple of names that seem familiar to me. Inst- interestingly, there is no representative. Uh, there is no British poet. Uh, that's, that's in interesting. The entire, yeah, so there's a couple of US. There's uh, quite a few. There's Mary Smith, Scotland. There's some Ireland, but there's there's nothing. Um, there's no there's no English or, or, or well English, yeah. Oh no, that's a complete lie. There is one, oh. John Hegley. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'm glad that we spent so much time talking about that. That's definitely going to yeah. go in the podcast now. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, Hegley began his performing career at London's Comedy Store. So, who, who was this, this poet? Sorry? This is this is John Hegley. I know his name. I, I know this guy. I What's know your name. Um, well, one of the reasons that you are so uh, read up at the moment is um, you just gone done finished your exams, didn't you? I, ju- I did. I did undo that. I did. It's only my. I, I'm, I'm still. I'm only in my second year, so I haven't. I'm not completely all all done and dusted. But uh, certainly for this summer session, my, I'm, I'm all. I'm all finished. I'm all. I'm all done. And they went it all right. It was very nice. Yeah, they've they've all been pretty good. Um, I had my last one on Monday. This this Monday just gone. Um, which means nothing to <laughs> podcast listeners because people listen to the <laughs> podcast at different times. But um, it, it, yeah, it, it went it went really well. Um, it was my last one. It was a morning session, nine thirty to eleven thirty, which meant I had the rest of the day just to chill out. I finished. I went to the forum, which is the kind of central, um, the hub, if you like, of Exeter University. Yeah. Um, I went to Pret to go and get a coffee. The Pret line was too long, so next to Pret is their kind of our little like supermarket called Marketplace. Uh, I went in there, I grabbed a beer and drank the beer on the way home. Oh, without, now that is a dream, a day yeah. beer. It was, it was, it was wonderful. Um, that... And then we went out on Monday night to celebrate um, finishing. Mm. And then we also went out last night because it was uh, Matt Jeffrey of, uh, of of Chapel and Cathedral fame. Uh, it was his birthday. Things, yeah. yeah, he was doing a, a kind of a birthday slash exam finishing thing. Because, yeah, uh, we, so... we, did, we didn't do an episode last week because... We we were desperately trying to we, well we we should also technically be trying to do one with a guest this time round because it's an it's a multiple of five, but absolutely it, Dan has been very busy. Normally I would give him for this, but because it's been in his, his exams, we have had to keep moving the the recording and and you know it's just so happened that we didn't do one last week unfortunately. Yeah, but um you know I think I think for a reasonable reason I, I think I think we can let it slide this this one time. I'm I'm glad that it went well. Yeah, um, and also the, just the idea of a a walking beer is like the uh, oh no road beer that's the one road beers are just mm. the best um you know like i want to drink but i also want to go somewhere uh so yeah but that that's the true way to celebrate <laughs> it's been it's been a really nice couple of days also i don't know what it's what it's like been like with you i imagine very very similar to down here but the weather these past the past week has been 
glorious. Oh, it's been fantastic. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, every time I when I when I've been finishing work because I'm, I'm I'll be I'll be leaving Apple at the end of this month um, in in preparation to kind of basically take some time to kind of gather myself before going into third year. And when I start the cathedral, I won't have enough time in my week to maintain a yeah. 20 plus hour, hour a week job, um, which is very sad. I don't, I don't really want to go because it's a lovely place to work, but equally it's just not really feasible with my current kind of where I am in life right now. Yeah. It's a uh, responsible with, with, move. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It should provide me too. I think with a really nice, kind of work balance in that when I'm on when I'm at uni I'm there to work because I won't be doing any of the other you know I'm leaving singers GNS won't be happening I won't be in the chapel choir anymore um and when I'm doing music I'll be at the cathedral so in terms of a kind of a work-life balance um it should be to have that kind of actual physical um like <laughs> divide in, in where I am it should make things um a little kind of clearer and easy to easier to manage yeah um but uh yeah it's 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 Wow, I, I bored myself so much there in explaining <laughs> what I do. I, I absolutely have no idea. What was I on about? What was I, I saying? I, I honestly tuned out. I was looking at stuff to do with 40k. I'll be completely okay. honest with you. Yeah. Uh, so no, I don't know. I don't really know what my um what my point was there. But there no, you go. I mean, we, we were meant to be. You know, we're only about ten minutes into the episode. Really, we should be trying to stretch this Wikipedia thing out. Oh, we we're talking about the weather. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Of course, we were the British topic of conversation. Um, I've been, I've been when I've been working, which was the point I was trying to make in my lunch breaks. Um, if I because I'm my weekend shift's usually quite long, I get a whole hour for my lunch. Mm. I'll wolf down some food in the first kind of five to eight minutes, and then the rest of it I'll go and sit on the cathedral green, put uh, a Harry Potter audiobook on, and sleep. And it's yeah. been amazing. That's what I did after my final exam as well. I, Ed and I ended up going into town. And having uh, getting lunch out as a as a treat, uh, and then he came back here to do some stuff, and I stayed in town and had a sleep for a couple of hours on the green. Oh. It's been gorgeous. It's a level of relaxation that I never really afford myself. I I, yeah. I am always way too hard. On, I mean, you know me. I, I never give myself time off. Yeah. So like, although actually, just... having having said that, I was in your hometown. Well, kind of hometown of um, Oxford this past weekend. Mm. Yes. Um, which was so, you know, you know how like sometimes you, you go to bed at the end of a day and you're like, well, nothing's going to beat that. Like that yeah. was, that was like a perfect day. Yeah. Um, and fortunately I had, um, an amazing day with, with Pixel Girl on, uh, Saturday cause we did, yes. we went up for a concert. That was the reason we went, but we also got in punting. She, um, taking the punting for the first time, oh, right. um, which she got the hang of. I, I, I imagine most of our readers haven't been punting because it's not exactly an everyday occurrence for most people. No. Um, but um, it is difficult. And I've done it once or twice before. Uh, but we, we crashed into the bank a few times. But no, it was all right. It was okay. Yeah. Um, so we did that. And then we um, just like uh, the weather has been so gorgeous that it was like just Oxford in the sun with all like the yellow stone and everything like that. Mm. Um, it's just so beautiful. And then and then we went to um, uh, see the concert, which was Dvorak 9, Symphony um, Number no. 9, and the Elgar Cello Concerto, which was performed by Stephen Isselis. Who was so, nice. something of a big deal? Um, in the where, was, where were they? Where were they playing? Uh, so this was in the Sheldonian, uh, nice. which is um, those of you who didn't go to the University of Oxford, uh, I encourage you to Google uh, Sheldonian ceiling, because this is a building where, that I matriculated in. So I entered the university and, and I've been to a couple of concerts there and I graduated from there, and um, it's it's uh, built by I want to say it's built by Christopher Wren. I'm going to have to double check that. Um, I know the Radcliffe was 
Um, yes, it was built, built by Christopher Wren. Uh, and it's got the most amazing ceiling. There's a, there's a fresco um, of kind of creation on the ceiling. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was by Stephen Isselis, who was playing. I believe he was playing a Strad, um, and it said that he was typically playing on one. So I said to Pixel Girl after he left the stage, um, you know, you do realise that instrument's worth about five million pounds. Yeah. Um, this thing that he was just kind of chucking around. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I've already bored myself now. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> Concerts. Well, it's interesting you um, you uh, you mentioned that. Um, because I heard the sixteen not long ago. Oh yeah, they came to Exeter Cathedral, right? They came, they did, yeah. They did a they did a really really interesting um, program. It's part of their kind of choral pilgrimage um, series of concerts they're doing, um, mm. mainly focusing, well, explicitly focusing on the works of Britain and mm. uh, Benjamin Britten and uh, and the two. Now I think I believe it's William William Cornish. Right. Um, very interestingly, I thought it was one person, but then through reading the program notes and then doing a bit more reading in the intermission myself, um, they think it's two people, but they're not sure. Father and son. Oh. This is kind of like this is in the kind of fifteen hundreds. I want to say. Um, let me check that. Um, but he's a really, um, really interesting uh, composer. Yeah, fourteen sixty-five to fifteen twenty-three, and that's William Cornish the younger. But there was also William Cornish the elder but we mm. don't really know much about them they were they were all kind of had westminster ties um but he's a, as far as his kind of actual choral style goes there's nothing i've never heard anything like it right to be he's got such a unique style it's this it's almost like you know how um um uh stanford would was quite keen on uh his folk stuff well yeah gen- i mean generally it's like stanford uh, Vaughan Williams in particular, yeah. like that that yeah. era of kind of the revival at the turn of the twentieth century, a lot of English L- composers were less. Yeah, it's, it was less so his actual kind of choice of the text, but um, he you can hear in the actual like vocal line, you'll have like it'll be kind of crotchets all the way through in a bar of four, and then suddenly you'll get like some one part will have this kind of embellishment of like demi semi quavers really quickly, like these little kind of fiddly bits towards the end through, which is mixed through like a, a, a massively polyphonic um piece and texture it's really interesting um i was i was i was thoroughly kind of surprised and very impressed if anyone wants to have a listen to this to his kind of music and what i mean by just the kind of the sheer scale of his work he was a massive composer um i can highly have a listen to his i think it was his stab at martyr they did right um or it or it may have no, I think it was a stab at Marta. Yeah, um, I'll find the program notes and um, in the in the yeah, in the podcast notes, I'll I'll we'll pop some links to um, to his work. But it was really interesting. We had a we went with singers, um, the, the choir I conduct, um, and we kind of went as an en masse to go and have a listen. And they were they were brilliant. And I had a chat with, actually had a chat with Harry Christophers in the intermission. Oh, get you! They came, they came and had had a chat, and they were like, "Oh, so you're here with a, you're, oh, you're here with a choir. Who, who's your who's your?" <laughs> Who's your director? And I like stick my head out from behind one of the pillars in the cathedral, going "Hello," <laughs> trying to like trying to like not lose my mind on how just watching him conduct is fascinating because he's just he 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 just gives the entire like the shape of everything. It's it's such a unique style. So we, we should um, we, perhaps you need to, you should explain who Carrie Christopher's is and who the Sixteen are very briefly okay. for people. Yeah, know. so the Sixteen are. Uh, very very successful, very well known. One um, of the best choirs in the world. I don't think they're the yes. best. 
that's no. terrible. But, you know, yeah, um, they—they're they, a a, un, a, a United Kingdom-based choir and period instrument orchestra founded by Harry Christophers. Um, Harry Christophers is their their uh, director. He's got a CBE, so he's bloody good at what he's doing. He off, you often see him. He'll be invited down to um, to conduct something at the proms. Yeah, he's he's a very like respected conductor yeah. and also from what i've been told and maybe you can corroborate this i've been told he's a lovely person he is absolutely lovely we had a really yeah this is what i mean because we had this really nice chat and he we had quite a lengthy discussion about like how how, how, how long have you been conducting what are you doing what, what stuff have you done recently and I said, oh, you know like, so we were doing that and i was like oh well, it's so funny you should ask because i'm actually conducting palestrina's mr attorney christian Monera, as you do um, yes yeah. tomorrow morning and he was like oh fantastic yeah it's a beautiful piece blah 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 and then he was saying you should um you know, how, how old are you? And I was like, oh, 20, 21. Um, and he was, and he was like... <laughs> yeah, and he went, no, no, seriously, how old are you? And I went, no, no, genuinely, I'm 20. No. And, uh, and he said, well, we, you know, the, the, the Genesis 16 programme, which is a, it's a programme that operates within the UK, and it's kind of like a, a scholarship slash training thing for kind of upcoming... You've got to audition to go through. It's yeah. very, very competitive. Um, but it's well actually how do they just how do they describe anyway they do have they do a choir they do have the genesis 16 choir which a yeah. couple of people down in exeter have auditioned for um i i was i was quite keen to have a give it a go but i, I had my mind that full with with cathedral audition that i just kind of put it out of my mind but they also do for that same um uh genesis choir um they do a conductor scholar as well oh i didn't know that That's yeah no nor did i and the and the cutoff age is um is uh 23 so you're so ju- think, you can sneak in there yeah so i think next year after because i would have had to, i would have spent some more time at the cathedral um so my kind of my vocal audition should hopefully be be stronger hmm. um but they also yeah they also do a conducting scholarship as well um which would be amazing and they, also the conductor one is actually oldie between 21 and 26 um oh okay yeah it's it's yeah it's super cool oh tell you what, and he no, was we, we would a really be good remi- i am conscious that we, we should, you know this podcast does often descend into anglican music chat but yes. um we would be remiss if we are talking on the subject I, I just remembered that this happened um mm. we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the royal bloody wedding the royal bloody wedding indeed um, Absolutely. Did you did you watch it? Well, I was actually working on the day in the store. So while it was while it was, bi- I had my um, in the Apple store. There are several different roles. One of them is on point, which is the person who has like a red, <laughs> a red cover on their iPad, and you're basically like a traffic warden. So people come over to either check in for an appointment they already have, or they go to the other person who's on check in or match up, as they call it, uh, right. downstairs. So somebody checks you in, and then they send you upstairs to the other person. And then what I was doing was kind of like coordinating. You're the, the maitre d of the shop. Kind of, yeah. You, you you just make sure that when you sit people down when they're meant to be sat down and you don't make sure that people just come and sit and then go, oh, I haven't been seen yet. And then you realise they don't have an appointment. They've just wandered in and expect to be seen, um, which isn't how appointments work. But but yeah, I was doing that. And while it was quiet on my on my iPad, I kind of like swiped to the left and opened a new tab and they were live streaming um, the, the wedding on YouTube. 22 so kind of, million people watched it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. It was a beautiful service. Yeah, um, and she, you know, she looks, she looks stunning. I think Meghan Markle is going to be a really valuable kind of asset to the royal family, and that they'll, she'll bring a bit of reality uh, to I them. Mean, and her dress definitely has, has warmed on me. Like, sorry, it's grown on me. Um, like, I, I wasn't a fan at first. 
Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Like the longer mm. I look at it, it's the pictures they've released afterwards. Yeah. Of um them and the kid. The one of them and the kids just makes me smile. Like I'm yeah. not a royalist, really. I'm I'm not an ardent Republican, but I don't I'm not the world's biggest fan of the royal family. I mm. think it'd be fair. Like I I get I don't I I think they probably do more good than harm. They are an outdated institution at the end of the day. But seeing that picture of Harry and Meghan and the like kids just kind of mm. melted my heart a little bit. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think I, I'd agree. Yeah, no, she's um I think she's fantastic and she's she was fantastically brave about her father not being able to be there and being walked down most of the way by herself, right? Did she, you hear the article that they were it was I think it was published yesterday, um, discussing how the 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 the, the father or the sister um, has been has made comments directly to the papers, being like she's shocked that the father wasn't granted his own um, coat of arms, like um, Mr. Middleton was when they got married. Oh, so, so oh, yeah, so where, okay. yeah, which is, I mean, it makes absolute sense because they're two completely different families, um, and from what we can understand, the the kind of family around Meghan, they're all just a bit mental. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that that would that should surely mean that they fit in the royal family better. Well, th- so the point that she the points that she was making was kind of like that. You know, there's been there's been countless scandal in the royal family. Um, what you know? How I don't see how the Markle family are, should be viewed in in any different way at all. Yeah, I, at I, the I end could... of they were both too fat. I can see the point you're trying to make, but also it it's definitely coming from the perspective of somebody who does doesn't quite understand how a royal family works i mean this isn't this is an institution in in our country that's been around for thousands of years um don't expect what, that i i think i think that she is right but i think that she's possibly unrealistic in expecting the royal family she's to be absolutely up to date. unrealistic under no circumstance would they have been granted their own coat of arms what a ridiculous thing to say um, also, I've been having d- done more reading about the father and the sister and the brother. They are just genuine. They don't. They're not very nice people. Oh, oh um, okay. I, I, I don't really... know anything about them. So yeah, I don't it's know. worth it's worth reading. It was an interesting article. Um, but l- much like you, I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm a royalist, but I'm I'm not a republican either. I think that the royal family does do some good things. It also has probably done some bad things. Um, but at this point now, it's such a it's such a kind of an essential part of what what makes England England and what makes Britain Britain. England yeah. especially, I think there's, it, there's, a, there's a part of me that I think I would be quite sad to see it go. I think we maybe need to adapt it in the times, much like with other, you know, like other um, monarchist countries. Um, grad- yeah. They're still there, but they, they're not nearly as kind of archaic in their, in their kind of... The structure, the place they play. Yeah, and the kind of respect they kind of demand, I think... It's going to. There'll be massive change come, come the next. Uh, well, especially come coronation. William, I think. Um, oh, so, so, so absolutely, yeah. I mean, you can think that most. I think most of the country would be would be wanting Charles to abdicate and it go to William straight away to get yeah. some new blood in, and you know. Well, also but just no just way. seeing him speak at the Manchester um, service because obviously that was a year ago. I, that's flown mm. past, but a year yeah. ago that there was the terror attacks in Manchester. Um, and speaking him, sorry, seeing him speak at that service, I was just thinking, he, you know, he is unmistakably a royal. There's no doubt about it. But he definitely came across as very human, mm. um, not trying to put himself on a pedestal. And I think I don't know the, the him in particular, but I think also Harry. Just they just seem to be nice people. And I know they've done, yeah. especially Harry's done stupid shit in the past, um, like the whole Nazi thing. But I don't know. I, I, I yeah, I like him. Um, and but I mean, sorry. The reason I wanted to bring this up was because the music. Um, did you, so did you hear what the music was? Mm. 
Yeah, so they had an, they had "If You Love Me" as the a- anthem, which is also the anthem that I chose for um, singers in our in our service. We um, Pixel Guy and I watched it back on YouTube. We watched the music bits back, and from the chord, we the the the, the, the organ put the chord down. And I was like, "It's gonna be If You Love Me." I yeah, just yeah. I, I I absolutely know that's what that's gonna be. And Rutter, the Lord bless you and keep you. Oh, the garlic dressing. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, possibly which... the most the two most vanilla choices they could have possibly gone with. Like, yeah. as I was, I was, I went to the gym with Alex yesterday, and I was saying that, like, I think it's fantastic that the gospel choir was there. I thought, I, I loved that. Mm. Um, and I, the same I, with the preacher. Yeah, nobody. I thought for a second that perhaps the world had finally found something that everybody agreed was just great and everyone mm. really liked. And then I saw a single negative meme about his sermon, and I was like, oh. Yeah. This has broken my heart a little bit. Like I thought yeah. that we'd found the one nice thing because I I thought that he, he was phenomenal. Yes, he did mm. go on for too long, and like you know that's that's the only criticism I'd have. But um, like yeah, I thought I thought that he was fantastic, and I think like the fact that they it was such for, for a royal service, it was so progressive. Like you did have the Anglican stuff, you had the most vanilla Anglican stuff possible, but then you also had, um, you know, a sermon like that, like a true, f- not a fire and brimstone. You know what I mean? It was, it was a, 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 a typically, uh, is it Presbyterian? Is that um, the denomination? Yeah, I think so. Um, and apparently, he was invited by the Archbishop of Canterbury. Like it was yeah. his recommendation. Um, but um, yeah, to have that, to have the the, the gospel music, I just thought was was fantastic and yet everyone's going to come away from the service and say how amazing was that go- was the gospel music it, that was so fantastic no one's going to come away and say oh wow the choice of mu- the, the anglican music sounded amazing like yeah. it's such shit music oh no I, it's not like if you love me is, is a banger it's an absolute classic but i, I don't know i felt like that the, the the anglican music let the side down a little bit like it, mm. it, you know in the same way that the sermon was the sermon seen by more people than any other in history probably and it was yeah. great that it was a good sermon for for Anglican music to be put on such a world stage and just to go yeah you know I think the music the music choices reflected the actual like the, the the choice of the wedding in its scale I mean if you compared William and Kate yeah to, to this one I thought this I thought their wedding um Megan and Harry was much nicer actually because it was just, it was dialed back that little bit more it was in a chapel it was smaller it felt kind of cozier and 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 the music musical decisions I think reflected that. Whereas, yeah, it wasn't you know, like a when grand. You've got William and, yeah. yeah, exactly. And you've got these, you know, they're, they're kind of processing through Westminster Abbey. It must be such a like just a colossal shock to the system because mm. to be on on such grand display. Also, the decision, you know, the, the, the random public invitations. Yeah, uh, for people that had done charity work, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also just like playing a who's who in, in the um, crowd. I was like, mm. that's Tom Hardy. Or, yeah. you know, that's Elton John's there. Uh, or, or Idris Elba apparently DJed the after party. Um, really? Yeah, because like, well, I knew that he was a DJ. Apparently he's really good. Um, but yeah, apparently he was the DJ for, for the after party. Uh, which is, yeah, just... I, I agree, yeah. It was more of a personal kind of service. Um, the only gripe that I'd have was uh, the procession music was Eternal Source of Light Divine, which I don't know if you know. It's by Handel. It's also known as the birthday ode for Queen Anne, um, and it was uh, so it's a soprano what, or treble. I think it was written for soprano, um, 
piece. Oh, I with did hear trumpet. that when she came in. So that sounded yeah. really nice. It's a, it's one of my favorite pieces of music. It's one of the the rare pieces of music that actually made me cry when I first heard it. It was um and specifically there's a recording I'll link in the show notes by um Ellen Manahan Thomas. Mm. Um, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. It, it just literally reduced me to tears. And and it was a bit of a shame that um the soloist I can completely understand why it was just you could tell was nervous mm. um and you know absolutely fair enough it's a massive pressure to put a kid under and i was just a bit like oh it's i i i would have much preferred it if they had a, a soprano rather than a treble do it because it would have meant that people would have seen how gorgeous it is as a piece of music mm. um but no i i i am we're being so stereotypically british and just talking about the royals and if there's there's apparently there's nothing um there's nothing more uh British at the moment than talking about the royal wedding or possibly complaining about the royal wedding. Um, I, I, in, a, in a way, I'm glad that it's over so that I don't have to listen to people moan about it anymore. Mm. Uh, some people have been really grouches about it, and it's just like, oh, for God's sake! It's just like let these two people have something. Like let, let, let's just have this moment of it being nice, and you know, we just get mm. all get to take part in this this. Uh, like happy occasion although I don't know if you saw on Twitter the person that was like I think in future the BBC should just uh, broadcast a wedding mm. like every weekend and it's just like Sharon's just turned up in the Ford Mondeo uh, Tim, yes Tim's coming out of the car uh, it turns out of course Karen can't be here after what she said about uh, Christine the previous weekend it was a ter- yeah. terrible loss <laughs> and, then, like, and then like Claire Balding's doing the ball <laughs> like oh and she looks lovely in the Primark dress that she's brought yeah. along Truly, uh, <laughs> truly a, a woman of the people. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd so be up for that. <laughs> but so we we well, we were meant to be. Oh, poetry, international poetry. Yes, poems for has, for the Hazara. Yeah, there um, you go. Look, yeah. it's full circle. What a, what a seamless segue back into the original <laughs> it's title. It's like we of never the, left. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It looks very. I mean, it looks interesting. Apparently, it's on, it's uh, you can get it in Waterstones. I will leave a link um, to to a page where you can buy it in the description. I've been trying to find some, like, an extract. Right. Or, you know, some some, some poems, but I can't. I think it's all um, still under copyright, so. Bastards. Trying yes. to make money from stuff they've made. <laughs> mm. But it's, a, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think that's the first, um, first poetry-related uh, one that we've had. It was the first one as well. I didn't. I, I went through. This was. I went through a uh, Clark Tholicism attitude. It was the first one I got, and it happened to be uh, really interesting. The the uh, resident pastor from the Church of Clark Tholicism has given a stunning st- sermon this time round. I mean, to be fair, like what what haven't we had on this podcast yet? We've had basically every genre of wiki that you could possibly get. We've had a pretty good run, haven't we? I mean, let's. Actually, I'm going to have a look through the yeah. Through the, the, list go through of the episodes. Of I'm editing a thumbnail as I speak, so I, I will nice. trust you to. And it's good to know that I've got your full attention. Yeah, but I mean, a half of my brain is on you, so we have an equal amount of brain power that's that's going Fair. into this conversation. Um, yeah, we had that. So we had the Belarusian Robin Hood last time. Yes. Um, chairs. Um, oh yeah, the giant. So we've had sculpture, we've had his, military history. Yeah, uh, Andrei Vlasichev, House of D, which was that. Oh, the weird bizarre film. film yeah. Yeah. Wilkins Peak, I wasn't there, I was hungover. Well, you were, um, but in Sally form. Yes. Um, uh, the permanent representative of the of Columbia to the United Nations. Uh, yes, with the first uh, sentence of which is the permanent representative of Columbia to the United Nations. Absolutely. Um, uh, Mehmed the Conqueror. Oh, yep, so um, sort of now we've had politics, we've had global history, yep. Yep. 
Um, the singer, Beth Nielsen Chapman. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah 2001, A one. Space Travesty. So that yeah, was that, yeah. his take of 2001. Um, uh, Cicada 3301. Which was that one with with Taha? Yes, the kind yeah. Of conspiracy uh, thing. I, I should actually be seeing Taha quite soon because I'm I'm moving to very near him. Uh, so I'm really hoping we get to work on something in the future. Taha, if you're listening, really really looking forward to that. Um, We've had we had the tech techno Super Bowl. I'll be the tornado. The history of rail transport in Mozambique. Beak, classic. Eudoxus, that Martian crater. See, I was about to say we haven't really had anything like hardcore science. That's probably the one thing we're missing. We we had so we had that crater, and we've had a few things that are like geography based. But yeah. I, I don't think we've had, for example, like the Casimir effect or, yeah. you know, something like that. Um, if I could put in a request to the Wikipedia gods, could we could we get a little bit of that, please? Can that, you set us nice. up? Yes, yeah, hit us up. Um, so, oh, by the way, but very excitingly, just as we've yes. been recording, I think I just had a missed call from the merchandise man, because I think the T-shirts have just arrived. Ooh. So I, I think later on today I'm going to be going and uh, picking those up, which How is exciting. Ah, it's so exciting! Like people, people have been waiting. Uh, it has been somewhat longer than I thought it would be, actually. Yeah. Um, but that's it's been out of my hands. It's just been down to the guy who, to be clear, it's not my contact. It's it's the guy that he talks to to get the t-shirts made. Um, yeah. Like, oh, that's so exciting. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, so basically, if, Wikipedia, if you could sort us out and give us a science article, or in fact, our next guest, who might be next week, I don't even know how the guest system is going to work from now on. Um, that'd be good. I think. What, what's Wikipedia, your request? If you want to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> I mean, we actually technically sponsor Wikipedia. We, we donate £20 a month via the podcast funds. And if, if Wikipedia wants to do the same and do, donate 21 and render our, our giving uh, useless... Then, um, yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be, that'd that'd be, be nice. Yeah. Also, um, before we move on to um, critics' corner, and I realise mm. this corner has been unusually long. Um, mm. Do we want to talk about the tragedy of us trying to play games for Sponge and Electric? Because I think it's been a bit of a saga. Th- we need to, yeah, much needs to go in. So, so basically. We we were trying to get some more stuff to go back onto the the Sponge Electric channel to yeah. kind of revitalize the other things that used to happen on there before it was basically just a place for the podcast, which is what it is now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And uh, my uh my my laptop is look it's a it's a good laptop. It's it's getting old now. It's yeah. I got it in two thousand and thirteen. Um, it's still chugging along nicely, but apparently to try and record audio locally and and play something on steam at the same time causes uh causes my 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 cpu to go thermonuclear <laughs> and yeah, it sounds uh, like it's about to take off really. it literally sounds like it's about to take off the fans get so loud um <laughs> which means i can't without like i was trying to think about ways around it and i was like well if i had like a wireless mouse and keyboard and i streamed my screen to the tv Oh my god! And I kept my—I could keep the laptop in a different room, but still record the audio there, and then the fans wouldn't be an issue. Um, but that—that that is so just above and beyond. What that, I mean, yeah. I, don't get me wrong; I love the channel. I love playing games with Simon, but that's way too much effort that I'm going to be putting into. <laughs> I'm not—I'm not, I'm not yeah. down for that at all. So, so basically, we, um, we 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 kept rescheduling because of—I think once was because of an exam, once was because mm. I couldn't do it, uh, and then we sat down, and then it was like, yeah, we actually can't do this at all. Uh, yeah. So all it's the people that have emailed work. in, you did email them back, right? 
I I did well. I'm just looking through the emails. I drafted an email oh, f- of what sake. we're going to what we're going to say. Um, but you didn't tell m- them that this had happened. But it, but no. But I think because it's still in my draft, I might not have actually sent it. Well, people yeah. who sent us very kindly, uh, who were up for doing editing for us, editing experience, for the time being, I don't think that is going to be happening because of no. hardware limitations. Although, I was talking to, to Alex again at the gym last night about, um, presumably, you've seen stuff from uh, The Forest. Yes. Yeah, uh, that and was I, awesome. I, and he, I think, has just bought it. Because I just got a message from him saying, oh God, oh God, oh God, this game is terrifying. So it may well be that I do a playthrough with Alex (laughs) of the forest or something. Do it. It's it's a cool game. I've been watching some of Hat Film stuff. My um, but as I say, I'm not going to say too much about it because I really need to discuss it in Critics Corner. But there has been a a video game that I've been watching pretty avidly over the past uh, couple of weeks. Funny you should mention that. Should we take a Should we take a bit of a How are we going to get into Critics Corner? A hop, skip, and a jump. I I will take a triple jump into which is a hop, skip, and a jump, just much fancier. So, hoi. God of War. Ah, now who? Uh, you, this is the. Um, it's it's caused quite a few waves, really, hasn't it? It this, really this has. It's well, it's 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 blown it's blown my mind. And, and, have, have you been playing? No, been so I've been watching. I've been watching a playthrough um, on the kind of hardest game uh, like the setting in the game there is oh uh, the completionist uh and jesse yeah, Cox. Yeah, complete- yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and it's it, it this game is so much bigger in its scope and it, unlike any of the other god of war games than 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 ever that i've seen it's unbelievable the story is incredible that i'm i'm absolutely in love with it it's reached it's reached a point now where we a, an episode comes out every like two or three days mm. but it's the first i find my i'm checking my phone at least once every couple of hours to see if on the off chance there's been another episode because it's just getting so tense and it's amazing. Like they've done such a good job. It's a stunning game. Um, but it, it yeah, it, it's unlike, it's unlike any other kind of, I'm, well, I'm hesitant to, it is kind it is an RPG, I guess. Um, mm. it's classified, it's, a, it's classified as a third person action adventure game. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, um, well, I was just reading on the Wikipedia article for God of War, the 2018 video game. God of War received universal acclaim from critics, being praised for its narrative, world design, art direction, graphics, characters, and combat system. It received perfect scores from multiple reviewers, making it the highest rated game in the God of War series, as well as the third highest rated PS4 game on Metacritic. Wow. So of, of all PS4, that, that, that's, that's it's the really third highest game ever. Yeah. It's amazing. It's also, I've been listening to the soundtrack. Oh yeah, do it as well. So it's done by um, Ben McCreary. Not um, a name I know. No, Ben McCreary is a, an American composer and musician living in Los Angeles. He's best known for his work in the reimagined Battlestar Galactica television series right. and for the TV series Outlander and The Walking Dead. Oh, so he's got quite quite a resume. Yeah, but he did. Yeah, so he did God of War. He did Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Jack the Ripper, Defiance, um, Dark Void as well, um, which is a another another game um but ah oh, it's yeah it's amazing i highly highly recommend you find a playthrough of it or you well yeah the, the the thing that i like about um the playthrough with jesse cox and the completionist is that they kind of they're both very interested in kind of myth anyway right um jesse's pretty 
pretty clued up when it comes to his kind of just general knowledge of of various different civilizations um kind of mythos um but it's it's just it's so 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 cool this this thing is getting so much bigger and they managed to balance this whole thing of like that you, you know you're you'll you'll be you'll be going through a section and you'll be meeting the sons of of thor and you're hearing about the history of of what um of the kind of of, of kratos um and his just track record with all the other gods which isn't very particularly good but they man- <laughs> they still managed to essentially boil it down to the most poignant moments are a father just not knowing how to father his son. Yeah, that's what I've heard is that it's 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 really quite for an action kind of slasher game if you like. It, yeah. it has been yeah, really quite profound. Yeah, so it says here, the main protagonists are Kratos, the former Greek god of war, and his young son Atreus. Following the death of Kratos's second wife and Atreus's mother, they journey to fulfill her promise and spread her ashes at the highest peak of the nine realms. Kratos keeps his troubled past a secret from Atreus, who is unaware of his divine nature. Along their journey, they encounter monsters and gods of the Norse world. Norse world. So it started off, and and the whole point of the story is they're spreading the mother's ashes on the highest peak. Yeah. in the nine realms and they think they find the highest peak in the nine realms and it turns out there is one higher and they have to go to find this next one and in doing so the journey they go on you you, you know we they go through all these different um all these different realms um uh nilfheim uh jotunheim muspelheim uh asgard you go like it's super cool um and yeah it's yeah it's just really good i can't recommend it enough if you're just wanting to sit something it's basically you know how um, they recently announced that, was it, I think it was Amazon Prime said they were going to be doing a Lord of the Rings series? Yes, yeah, it's like, to be like the most expensive Two, two history, billion yeah. pound budget or something ridiculous. Um, anyway, it was this this story, I was thinking, I'd be like, this would make a fantastic series. Yeah. Like, just super cool. And you'd, you'd need to throw a load of money at it because it has to be, like, it's so much about the visual, visual spectacle. But it's a, it's an incredible piece of work. It's really, really good. I mean, it just shows how far, you know, games have come to say that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, it, it touches on such deep topics. It's not just, uh, you know, the kind of mainstream media's perception of video games destroying kids' minds, right? I mean, yeah. admittedly, this is an exceptional example, uh, yeah. but it just shows what you can do with the format. It's it's super cool. The sections in the game where you we're, we're learning more about this one of the one of the gods um uh Tyr, uh a a germanic god associated with law and heroic glory in norse mythology um he you he's kind of he's one of the only gods or the one of the only instances where we found a god who was actually kind of trying to do the right thing and trying to be a good guy hmm. um but this this room that they go into and they see that Tyr could like travel across like the nine realms not only in kind of like the norse world but also, like, visit different civilizations and their mythic realms too. So there's this room that you walk into and you see um, engravings on the wall of, of, like, ancient Japanese culture, ancient Egyptian culture, like, Mayan um, religion and stuff. And, like, and it's basically, they, in the playthrough, they all freaked out because they were like, oh, my God, we might go to these places in future games. Mm. Like, imagine a god of war where you go and, and, it's, and, and it is kind of like very like early imperial japan or or, or going at like, like the mayan um the mayan religion is amazing it's super mm. super cool 
um, or like Egyptian too. Apparently, the new this God of War game, this new one that came out, was originally meant to be set in Egypt. Oh, really? Yeah, but they changed it. Because um, because so, that well, mythology, I mean, the the gods within the Egyptian uh, pantheon are so, mm. you know, they're, yeah. they're so varied, much more as as far as I understand it, much more than in say the Norse mythology. Yeah, so it says here, in explaining the transition from Greek mythology to Norse, uh, Barlog said, uh, it's kind of this BCAD changeover kind of thing. We're moving and starting from zero and kind of moving forward from that. Before setting, um, settling on Norse mythology, Egyptian mythology was also considered. Um, he said that uh, one half of the team was for it, but since there's a lot more about civilization, it's less isolated, less barren, he had to make the decision and decided on the Norse setting because they wanted it to stay on Kratos rather than setting it in a, in a civilization where he wouldn't be so... Like as such a focal point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's yeah, oh, man, it's super cool. That's fantastic. I mean, yeah. I, 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 it's one of those games that has definitely permeated into my consciousness, um, and I've been like, oh, I've only had the time to play it. Like, well, if you, I mean, given that I know that you, because you probably don't watch nearly as much completionist or Jesse Cox stuff as I do, because I've been following, especially Jesse, for like six or seven years now. Mm. Um, Hannah is doing a playthrough of it. Ah, I love Hannah. Like, so, Hannah's not a creator that I watch very much, but when I yeah. when she when I watch one of her series, it's like I'm in. This is, this but is she totally she also is one of those people who's super into her mythology. Yeah, it, she like she arguably probably knows more than I did. Does she does she have a degree in? I think she has a degree in she, journalism. Um, I thought she's done something with 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 mythology. I'm just gonna have a quick look. Uh... Does it say degree? No. Uni. Yeah, she studied English. Ah, there you go. University of Reading. So she's probably from that aspect of it. Yeah. But yeah, she's doing a um, she's doing she's also doing a playthrough called instead of God of War, it's Dad of Boy. Kratos is always kind of like it's always put that down, boy. It's like he's super disconnected. Um, but you you get these touching moments where. Like he finally kind of understands that the reason why his son is going through such like tumult and there's something going, we're still not quite sure what's going on with the son, but he's, there's something not right about him in terms of his, like there was this moment where he was getting angry and was like yelling at these dwarves. It was just after he'd found out he was a God and he was staying, saying stuff like, Oh, you're, um, you, you, I'm sick of everybody else and your little problems. And he's kind of going to his head a bit, but as he was doing all this shouting, like the weather was changing it suddenly ah. became all dark and stormy, and you're like, "Oh, there's something else here that's not that we don't know about," you know? Yeah. Um. It's yeah. It's just it's super cool. I mean, it, it's funny talking about Hanno. I've been, as I said to Dan before we recorded today, I've been editing the Yogscast vlog, so that that should have just actually come out as this episode comes out. Um. So this was the time when I went to Yog Studios in Bristol, and I met all mm. the Yogscast, uh, and I've just about finished it. Um, and this is quite a way ahead of time because I'm going to be away for most of this week. Um, and it's been one of the most difficult edits I've ever done. Mm. Not just because, um, you know, it's technically difficult, although I didn't record enough stuff and I, I had to yeah. wait for it to click. It's just been <clears throat> in reviewing the footage of me talking to all these people because I talked to Trot and Ross and Lewis and Ben. Uh, and, you know, just I, I had to take a minute every time. I sat down and watched me talking to them. 
Because, mm. uh, like, at one point, Lewis is like, Simon, I, I say, like, I'm here with the man himself, Lewis Brindley, and he's like, Simon Clark, welcome to York Studios. And I just have to stop and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is too much. I can't. I can't deal with this. I just, it, it, that, that's how big of a deal this was for me, that even in editing it, I, it's almost like looking at the sun. It was too bright to begin with. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. look at it for very long. Um, but, the, yeah, I, I'm really proud of how this video has come out, actually. I think it's come out well. Um, but yeah, Jesus, this has been so hard. This has been so so hard to do, um, b- because I've been way just way too emotionally invested. Um, but uh, th- there was a um, oh yeah, we were talking about the forest. Yeah, um, in terms of games, because uh, I think I think Alex and I might end up playing that. I don't know. Maybe we could put that on Spongy and Electric. It's not it's not yeah. exclusively down in Ice Space. We've already had other people on there. We can play with other people. Um, but um, oh, I was going to say. Um, Oh yeah, though in the spirit of critics corner, I have discovered a new composer that is my composer of the moment right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you will have listened to anything by them, and that is uh, John Adams. John Adams. Now the name rings a bell. You may be thinking of John Adams, uh, the U.S. president, uh, uh, who immediately followed uh, George Washington, uh, as made famous by Hamilton. Um, right, uh, and it's just like kind of portrayed as being kind of incompetent, apparently quite unfairly. But no, this is um, it's so he's an American composer. He's alive, um, and he writes unusually for like Americans in the eighties and seventies. He wrote tonal music, um, meaning it had a tune, um, mm. and he did for, uh, the the stuff that he's probably most famous for is uh, Nixon in China, uh, right. which was an opera about the 1976 i think a visit by president nixon to china meeting mao zedong uh, yeah. and all that uh, you know that that kind of momentous occasion but he's also done stuff since like doctor atomic um and you know it's kind of you, you could argue is like the kind of the author sorry the composer of the most recent great operas like like mm. nixon in china is is meant to be sort of one of the great modernist operas um mm. but specifically I've been listening to uh, what's it called? Hallelujah Junction. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of his stuff is very piano based, um, and also grand pianola music. And I'd mm. encourage everyone who's reading the podcast right now to—it's on Spotify. I'll leave a link to—I'll leave a link to grand pian- pianola music specifically in the um, description. It's yeah. one of these pieces that's very modern. It just—it just feels like a digital age piece mm. of classical music um but it's it it gets you know his pieces and i'm thinking of the last movement of that and also the movement arriving in the spirit of 60 76 from Dixon in china it's just so the the full dynamic range of what's possible in these instruments you know with voices and with yeah. uh, with pianos and with the small ensembles but it's just so powerful it's mm. it, it, it's minimalist but then like minimalist you normally think of as being quite like pet or glass or mm. um cage or something like that um where it's quite quiet really it's it's quite quite inconspicuous music mm. really um whereas this is really when it when when, the, when it's at the, the, the it's crescendos it's really in your face mm. uh, and it's yeah i just i i i've I, i've completely fallen for john adams at the moment uh i'm nice. a big big fan I, i'd highly recommend him i've been i've been listening to a different john John Williams, the, uh. the orchestral conductor. Um, he's a big fan of, of the, the classic um, uh, kind of golden age Hollywood American uh, songbook. So, yeah. 
you get loads of stuff like his his he's he did the MGM overture for their Jubilee, oh, which right, is quite yeah. possibly the most satisfying piece of orchestral music like ever. <laughs> it's just so cool and loud and just amazing. Um, it's done for like a, it's 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 done for a grand symphonic orchestra as well. So it's got it's basically like two orchestras in one. There's, when you look at the layout, you, there, there are two grand pianos basically next to each other, separated by a massive like swathe of percussion. Mm. Um, it's yeah, it's awesome. Um, but I've been listening to that. I've also been listening to the Brahms Requiem. Oh no, that's Eine Deutsche's Requiem. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I'm singing that on Saturday night um, for that's a that's a special concert being done in the cathedral for a memorial, I think, for somebody. And uh, I needed some more tenors to boost the sound, so Ed, Michael, and myself are doing that. So, so you're doing the full piece, are you? Yeah, we're doing that, and then we're also doing a, a foray um, piece that was originally, I believe, written for piano that's wow. been set, to, arranged for, for choir. Um, but yeah, I've been flicking through this Requiem. It's interesting. It's cool. Oh, it's featured, you know, it's got the... Um, how lovely are they dwellings? How lovely, yeah, yeah. But for, for some weird, the, 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 like the... the the scansion and like textual choice of how they've translated it in this, oh, is, in so this how, novello how edition. Pleasant are they? Are they tabernacles or something? It's no, so it's still that, but it just doesn't really make any. It just it doesn't scan very well. So um, let me find a, a bit that. So the one that we do, um, how lovely. Uh, well, when we do the one in chapel, yeah. What would you think the lyrics are for that first bit? Um, hang on. How lovely are thy dwelling place, uh, dwelling place? O Lord of Hosts. O Lord of Hosts, yeah. Yeah, so this starts with, How lovely are thy dwellings fair, O Lord of Hosts, O Lord of Hosts. Thy dwellings fair. Um, it's just, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. It just, especially given that I know the other one so well. Um, yes, yeah, it's that weird cognitive dissonance of when you expect, yeah. you know. And then this one, this this one that's kind of like my heart and body cry aloud unto the living God is what we do. That middle section, and in this, it's um, my heart and flesh ring out their joy. Oh, it's really very strange. I don't like it, um, but there you go. I'm, going, I'm doing that on Saturday. Nice, uh, nice uh, fee for it as well. So, nice. bloody marvelous. Yeah, getting paid to sing. It's all right for some. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think. Is there anything else that you'd? I have I have one extra thing to briefly discuss for reasons that will become clear while it's brief in Critics Corner. Do you have anything else you'd like to bring to the table? I don't believe so. Okay, so I want to talk about Warhammer Forty Thousand. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but very basically, I'd be interested to get your take on this. So, um, you know not very much about Forty K law, but you know that it's very dark. Right. Yes. It's, it's basically of all the fictional universes, it is probably the darkest and the most grim. And yeah. uh, you know, Harry Potter fans are like, "Oh, I'd like to go to Hogwarts one day." Game of Thrones fans are like, "Oh, I don't, I don't really want to go to Westeros." Forty K fans would be like, "Good God, no, never yeah. get me, just no." Um, it's it's really quite f-ed up in so many ways. Uh, which is why it's quite interesting that Games Workshop has just announced that they're going to be now they're going to be releasing kids books. What? Yeah. Now, I'm how? not. Uh, I'm not quite sure how this is going to work because they've for, specifically they've um, uh, chosen one type, one book that's going to be in 40k and one book that's going to be in the new version of Warhammer Fantasy, and it's like f- with a focus on child protagonists. It's like yeah. oh, he's the the son of an Imperial Guard officer who's who's run away to resist conscription. Um, 
which should be an automatic death sentence. But anyway, um, and and it's like I'm not quite sure how they're going to make it work. I just don't know what 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 you would think of that. Like if you were trying to make that. Because obviously, like, you can't dilute the whole context, like, the whole law for the sake of children's books. I think it's a good idea because, you know, it gets it gets people into the hobby. Um, it's not aimed at an adult market. It's trying to get younger people interested. And then, you know, when they're ready, they can be exposed to the, the full version of the law. But I'm not I'm not quite sure how you should do that. Or even if that's necessarily responsible, because it's there's stuff... It's isn't it? Yeah, I, I, just saw want, the, like, I saw the article in PC Gamer. Mm. Warhammer novels for children ages eight and up. Yeah, and like, I mean, flayed ones. It's, are it's the... quite a good quote here from the person who's written the article. Uh, the opening, uh, the opening comment is: "It's still the grim darkness of the far future, but there's a nightlight on." <laughs> uh, well, I, mean, it, I, I just don't quite know how they're going to make it work. Like, I mean, that, that's yeah. the, it, specifically in the forty k one, they 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 have Necrons, which are imagine the Terminator, and that's basically Necrons. But specifically, I think on the cover there's a flayed one, if I remember rightly, which is a imagine the Terminator from Terminator, but the endoskeleton is has a, a human's skin just stretched over it, and it's like yeah. normally in models they're dripping blood, and it's it's someone they they've just killed and decided to wear their skin like a suit. Well, apparently they've announced two stories, uh, yeah. one one being Attack of the Necron, yeah, um, and uh, City of of the Lifestone, which is taking place in the Age of Sigma setting. Yes, so that's the new version of, of Warhammer Fantasy, yeah. whereas, whereas the Necrons is forty k. But like, uh, surely if you're a kid and you like, oh, this this is a, this was a fun book. Let me Google like what a Necron is, and, and then uh, you know, I, I just don't see any way in which you can prevent kids from being exposed to the full version of the law. You know, <laughs> like it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like, yeah, it doesn't seem responsible. To it's going to be interesting. I think I imagine it's going to elicit a similar response to what Warcraft, what the film Warcraft did. Yeah, and just kind of. Not necessarily dulling down, but potentially watering down the kind of the depth of the of the law and the stories. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting. I mean, for certainly for for something like Warhammer that definitely has like a, it's an aging kind of fan base and demographic that that were interested, right? Yeah. Um, this might be a really like... nice way to get entice new people in and also bring, you know, pass it down. To yeah. the next generation. I, th- I feel like Warhammer is basically aimed at like kind of fourteen and up, like that. That that's 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 vaguely. I think I started when I was about thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. Um, but I I just I don't know. Considering the stuff that goes on in the universe, I just don't think it's appropriate to to, to, to even try and do kids stuff in it. Like I can understand yeah. as a company, but I don't know. If people who are forty k fans uh, are watching this, I'd be I would be interested to get your take. I mean, I. The more I think about it, the more I'm not conv- I'm not sure it's a good idea. Like my initial reaction was, it's not going to hurt anybody. It's not aimed at me, so you know, whatever. But now when I think about it, like I don't know, it's yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Know. That's for sure. Sorry, that's that's we'll that Simon's forty we'll to... k corner. That's, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> now a weekly right. occurrence. We'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. See what happens. <laughs> Readers of the Wikicast, thank you for joining us at this pantheon of gods. We are here to take take names. And Let kick ass. <laughs> kick ass. And chew bubblegum. <laughs> and we're all out of ass. Oh, wait, wait, no way. 
<laughs> God of comically long names. <laughs> Ma- Marut Fakira Punyawat. Demigod of unusually long names. Azagu Nagapan Nagasaravanan. God of ex-university challenge hosts relatives. V. Gascoigne. Oh. Right? How specific is that? I like that. Bamba. Yeah. Twinned gods of dubious podcasting producingness. Davy Shram Vontabel and Simon Vase. Also twin gods of alcohol and solving crime. Henry Brewster and Lewis Watson. <laughs> it's the god of music, Tapio Kirkinen. God of the Welsh, Eric Davis. God of self promotion, wonderful Stephen. Patron god of country and western singers, Billy Toulson. God responsible for relocating change which has fallen down the back of the sofa and you find it again two years later, Angela and Kieran Kelly. God of the, the fluff you find in the bottom of your pockets, Elliot Conway. The five gods responsible for the five cardinal directions, east, west, south, the one we don't talk about, and north, Geordie Eschendahl, Miles Kornfeld, Matt McGuire, Emma Kavanagh, and Jay Wright. God of tenors. Ben McMurty. God of paperclips, Alex Greer. God of the sun, David Scahill. God of the white substance that forms at the corner of your mouth when you you haven't been properly hydrated and it's been a warm day, Simon Torseth. God of moustaches, the moustache man. God of unconventional roofing techniques, Luke Thatcher. Is Habiba on Twitter? Uh, I believe so, yeah. God of Twitter. <laughs> Habiba Amjad <laughs> God of friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man Nick Webster Nice, because it's like a web Yeah, you see, clever God of God Lord of Lord King of Kings Ruler of the Nine Realms Dan Hanley it's, it's quite a CV it's, I mean, it's, to be honest, it's a bit of a self-indulgent title It is I'm really surprised that he does I mean, because even if you know him really well it, He still insists on his full, his full kind of, his full honorary title every single time. It just gets a bit tedious at the end. No wonder yeah. his lungs don't work properly. He's just always yeah. introducing himself and running out of breath. Yeah, it's just it's sad, really, isn't it? Oh well. God of dickish podcast hosts, John Mannion. God of Scottish forests, Lachlan Woods. Ah, uh, because Loch and Woods. Yes, uh, thank you. I like that. Uh, and, yeah. and that's sort of our top lads. Thank you to our pantheon of gods. Um, we, uh, we we look forward to our next council meeting. Yes, God, that's um, where we'll be discussing more poignant, important some, stuff. Some of <laughs> like the Avengers, the level of power between each god is is, is quite variable. It really um, is. I feel like Danvi is is really above pretty much everyone, apart from maybe the god of the sun or god of paperclips. Oh yeah, I mean, it looks god like you're writing the, a letter. God of the fluff that you get in the corners of your pockets as well. It's lint, I believe that's called. It is lint, yeah. yeah it's no- also the currency for fairies. There's nothing in it, there's nothing in his pockets but knives and lint. Um, what's that from? I don't know. What is that's, that from? That's from the Dark Knight. Uh, it was in the trailer, and it's like there was nothing in his pocket, and then like, and they're taking the knives out, and there's like a potato peeler, and yeah. they're like, where do we, where, where do we even put this? Um, thank you so much to everyone who supports the podcast on Patreon. You really do yes, make yes. it possible. Um, uh, uh, Dan. Where are we at uh, in terms of the uh, cat versus dog? Oh, I've just seen the result. I haven't seen it. I haven't looked for a while, so let's have a look. Um, Oh, my good lord. Ladies and gentlemen, Team Dog 
are sitting on a grand 31, whereas our Team Cat patrons are measly 30. Team Dog... What are you doing, like Team to, Cat? I'm, I'm reaching out to you right now. I'm extending a warm... Penis. ...hand, or, or penis, if you prefer. <laughs> um, I'm embracing you with that warm penis. <laughs> Well, that warm hand. Except his warm penis, everyone. You've done such an amazing job. Well done. I said that we'd be there. I always had faith. We'd always be there. The the question is, will will we carry over until next week's episode? What what will the results be then? Well, Cat, Tune in next time. You need, you know or you need if you haven't listened Cat. to this podcast for a while, skip ahead to the next episode straight away and <laughs> see what it is. It's just this ongoing saga. We don't care about anything else other than whether Team Cat or Team Dog wins the Supreme Household Pet Challenge. Not really. I mean, regardless of our top lads, our Team Dogs, our Team Cats, whatever, we, we it's we really, really appreciate all the help that you can give us. It's It, it does make things so much easier. It means the podcast can be self-sustaining. Um, it means that the, the merchandise, which is... Well, you think it's just arrived. I would potentially be ordering what we'll be picking up today. Yeah, well, it's just so they'll, they'll be going to be making their way to you. It was incredibly exciting on Twitter um, to see people messaging either Simon or myself um, with, with the, stickers, with the ha- yeah, 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 with the hashtag hashtag Wikicast. Um, them arriving, and we had some stickers arrive in Singapore, I believe, which is super yep. cool. When you get yours, uh, when they arrive in, in in the mail, do do if you're on Twitter, um, or, or if, maybe on the community tab uh, in, under the Patreon or in the Wikicast group. Um, you know, send send us a send us a you know tweet at tweet at Simon or myself or both of us with the hashtag Wikicast, and we want to we can see where they're coming from and see mm. see how, how we are how we're spreading. Um, oh, it's super cool. exciting. We we uh, like a like a rash um, across the face of the earth. This podcast is uh, is going. Uh, it's an epidemic. I was thinking we were spreading like a pair of legs. A rash oh, is actually course. better. Of course you are. Uh, right, so but thank you so much to everyone. Um, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the wikicast. Um, mm-hmm. And the money that's donated there goes to Wikipedia, it goes to hosting for the podcast, and it goes into allowing us to plan big ventures like merchandise, like edit, like getting an editor on board. Um, it just makes the podcast possible. So thank you so much, everyone. Top lad. Okay, and we find ourselves in Correspondence Corner. Um, just to, to let you let you all know, readers out there, um, we're 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 a little c- kind of short for time today. Simon's Simon's got some conference calls to go to, and I need to be mm-hmm. making my way to uni to uh, sing Evensong and get ready for singers' rehearsal. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go straight into Correspondence. We're going to save the Crisis Corner. We've had until... so many crises. We've got so loads many crises. In. So we're not going to we are going to we're we are going to get round to them, and we're going to do an extended Crisis Corner. Um, next uh next week we're gonna we're gonna spend some more time there we may be able to answer maybe two or three yeah, um, yeah. to make to make up for it but we, we we absolutely see them there um we uh we've we've read through them as well um but we're going to be we're going to be looking at them next week just because we're a bit short for time but that being said let's, we do let's, have let's a crack on from Caro Bauer, uh, this person says, uh, "Cats are awesome." Hello, Dan and Simon. My name is Caro, and I'm from Germany. So I apologise for my English. Uh, after watching your videos for uh, over a year now, I finally got around to watching your podcast, and I cannot stop listening. I'm currently looking at universities and thinking about what to study at university. So my question for Simon is: What do you think are the pros and cons of applied physics and robot- robotic engineering? Because I'm not sure which is better. Oh bloody hell! Um, so applied physics or robotics engineering? Um, they're both practical courses at the end of the day right so you are by doing those courses rather than say a general physics degree or a general engineering degree um you are 
more limited in the jobs that you can go for. Um, as in, if you do a physics, physics graduates are some of the most employable of all graduates. Um, applied physics and robotics will narrow your options somewhat to something that it is a bit more, you know, uh, practical, something a bit more hands-on. Um, I don't know enough about robotics to say specifically the pros and cons of, of that course. And obviously it's going to depend very much on the course structure and whether it fits into, you know, uh, another department if you're um, under engineering or physics whatever um with applied physics um you will be getting a good mathematical toolkit you will be getting transferable skills that make you um uh appealing to things like accounting finance consulting um use of places that like using maths like using logic um you know it, it will open a lot of doors for you um compared to robotics it will be more abstract it will be a bit more ephemeral i think i mean obviously that very much again depends on the structure of your course right this is this is a very general kind of question but i wouldn't mm. be surprised if the physics course would be more abstract and a bit more theoretical and you might really like that or you might really not like that um bear in mind that physics at uni is effectively a maths course with applications mm. um you know, applied physics will probably be a little bit less of that, but it is a, an awful lot of, of maths. So I, I feel like that will probably be the biggest difference between the two, is that if you like maths, if you like the theory side of things, then I would go for physics over robotics. But there probably isn't a huge amount of difference between the two courses, and I think going with your gut is probably the best option, actually. Just go yeah. with what you think is... Um, the best fit for you i mean could did you have to choose between because you did english with classics right and you yeah. you then how did you arrive at that subject rather than similar subjects like just english or just classics so i did originally want to do just just english but then i thought it might be nice to supplement it with something different so originally i was also looking at doing english and philosophy um uh which i both i got uh, I had to apply to Exeter again as a, with a separate one. Um, so I had I applied for English and philosophy and English and classics at, at Exeter, and I went for classics just because I think there was there sort of been, I've always been kind of interested in the ancient world, mm. and I thought maybe that because it's going to be a, there'll, there'll be a bit more history there than than the philosophy, which might be a bit much like with the kind of the, the applied physics, um, slightly more abstract to have something a little more kind of rooted might be better also i do philosophy in my classic side anyway so mm. um but yeah i think the other thing to consider too is you can always find like a complete year year by year course breakdown of what you would roughly be doing and then you'll be able to look at the modules that you'd be taking as well so if you're really not sure and it's a really it's a it's really close look at look at how your years would be structured look at what you'd be doing within each of those years if it's anything like Exeter, you can like you can you can kind of modulate too, right? So you can take different modules in um, from from different schools. Um, don't even have to be a part of like the maths or, or physics college. It can be from anywhere. So hmm. the most important thing though is if you've got if there's one that if you're thinking about which one's better, but you know inside one that you think you're more drawn to, do the one that you're more drawn to. Yep, go. With, I honestly feel like people underrate their gut sense. Just trust yourself. I think. Yeah. Uh, they also go on to say, um, since you love accent challenges, I decided to write a few words and sentences in German. Oh, God. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Hannah Müller is, you, is waiting to, to... Have you got this email us. in front of you? Uh, okay, I, I can get it up. Um, I can also get the email. Okay, here's the email. 
Yeah, right. I think you can do the first one. I'll do the second one. Oh, and then we can both give the third one a try. Okay, so the first one, the translation is 10 tame goats pull 10 pounds sugar. So I'm going to have to give a go at this. I could, wow. I could get that. That that's bank. That's 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 my attempt. Uh, why did I choose the second one? I can't even read it. <laughs> okay, so the second one, uh, they're going to say, I have no idea how to translate this with just one word, but it basically means that someone is immune to a minimum amount of aluminium. That's and so it's one German. word. Um, and it's <laughs> good luck. Aluminium, aluminium, That is ridiculous. That, that's like Alum- a Welsh word. So, aluminium, minium immunitat. Aluminium, minium immunitat. Aluminium, minimum immunitat. Aluminium, yeah. minimum immunitat. Yeah. So, except it's probably like aluminium, minimum... Alu- I don't f- know. <laughs> Alu- aluminium, minimum <laughs> Welcome to the Swedish ship video. And the um, last one is red cabbage stays red cabbage and wedding dress stays wedding dress. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's funny. Uh... uh Bratkleid bleibt Bratkleid und Blaukraut bleibt Blaukraut. Yeah. That, Amazing. I, okay. I could, that, 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 I think that was not so bad. Yeah. I did I did do a year of German, so I'm probably like trying to I'm trying to dredge that up from year eight. But nice. I probably completely f***ed it. Sorry, Germany. Uh, they sign off by saying Dan is gonna hate me now, but cats are better than dogs. See you later, alligator, Karo. Thank you. For your message, thank you, and thank you for once again confirming that our our language challenges are just shameful. We should all be, we should all <laughs> well, be ashamed. English is co- is a synonym for monolingual. Let's not forget this. Mm. <laughs> of course. Next, we have an email uh, from Harry Tidby saying classified correspondence of the utmost importance. Dear Messrs. Moore and Clark, and esteemed guests. Well, sorry, that's. It's all good. Uh, I'm writing to you today with a request of utmost importance. I'm writing this under the cover of darkness, as the highest level of secrecy must be adhered to, given the gravity of this question possesses. For it to be revealed too soon will be of colossal consequence. Here goes. Simon, what 40k law YouTube channels would you recommend for those possessing a thirst for the more technologically advanced nerdery? Um, oh, uh, oh gosh. Um, so we have already talked about 40k a little bit. Um, so I won't go too deep into this, but in terms of um, YouTube channels, forty um, k theories is uh, like it, it's very specialized. Like if you are a forty k fan already, that's 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 a good one. Um, but I think that he has just started a series on law for newcomers. There's like a forty minute video on who is the emperor, for example. Um, like that's that's a reasonable place to start. I'd also recommend going to Lexicanicum or um, uh, basically if you there are like various fan wikis. Lexicanicum is the one that springs to mind, um, but that's probably the best place to learn. Oh, and the videos, you know, they I find that they can drag a bit, but that's probably because I already know the law. But um, yes, that's that's probably a forty k theories in terms of YouTube Lexicanicum. Otherwise, um, but then he uh, Harry continues Dan. I apologise, there's no question for you, given we already know where your nerdery lies. But I will pose a question to the esteemed guest. Ah. Oh. Ah, uh, yes. Maybe we should come back to this next <laughs> next time we have yeah. a guest. Next time we have a guest, uh, we, we will, uh, Harry, we will we will pose that question to you. It's a very good one. It's a, it's a good question, Harry, uh, and we will save that. I'll put a little star next to it in the inbox. So, so oh, sorry, I saw that. We have, an, we have an email here from 
the one, the only uh, Dan Hanvey. Danvey says a podjack podcast podjack high cast podcast hijack. <laughs> oh my god, you're right, mate. Um, yeah, I'm drunk, still drunk. Um, podcast hijack. Uh, he starts um, the uh, the the email with a a clip of of well, it's a it's a it's a photo of Obi Wan Kenobi from I think is that the which film is that. Revenge of the Sith. No, not Revenge of the Sith. It's that is that is Attack of the Clones. No, that's Revenge of the Sith. That is the infamous "Hello there" line to General Grievous. Oh, it is uh, on the on Utapau um, just Hello before there. the clones arrive. Hello there. As you were. He goes on to say, "It's a man with no plan. It's your man with no plan here." Read last episode. Uh, if you think I'm God's representative on Earth, then oh boy, is Christianity in way worse shape than I thought we, than we thought. <laughs> True. I wanted to wish all students um, of every age good luck for the upcoming exam and dissertation hand-ins. Good Some may luck! be done already. Um, but for those that have got, uh, still got them, you've got this. Remember, they're not the be-all and end-all. A friend of mine failed his A-levels and now runs his own IT company in London. Ah, life finds a way. Watch my video on this. I just did a video uh, on uh, my dad's philosophy. Who, um, dad, of course, stole the show because he's dad lad. Um, mm. But uh, yes, go, go watch my video about that because he's completely right. Exams are not the be-all and end-all. They're not. It's true. Uh, he goes on to say, and I've actually I've, had, I've discussed this with him, which is very exciting news. Um, anyway, I was just going to hijack your podcast to ask if we had any Danish listeners. I'm hopefully working in Copenhagen from October, and it would be good to get some local knowledge before I travel out and embarrass myself, as I'm prone to do when abroad. If you're on the Discord, ping me a message, otherwise I'm sure these two can pass on my email address. Cheers, boiks. I have no shame. <laughs> Dan, I'm guessing following our catch-up, you haven't watched Airplane yet. No, you're, that's, you're spot on. What? You've uh, not seen with your Airplane? Hecti- no. Oh, my God. Though with your hectic life, I'll grant you a pass. To be fair, I need to listen to Frank Skinner as well. You do? Okay, well, next time we see each other, Dan, I will have watched Airplane and you will have listened to the Frank Skinner podcast. Um, Once I finish playing with um, 124 kilowatts of power in a few weekends' time. Yeah. Rip me. Um, <laughs> I was going to write more, but I got incredibly drunk 48 hours ago. Out, 48 hours ago and my body was still recovering. Me too. I've gone out two nights in a row. It's been uh, full on. I think we might be going to TP tonight, hilariously. Um, apparently, I'm playing Russian roulette with my organs, which is going to be the first Which is going to be the first to give out. Spin the wheel. It's the liver. Don't drink excess. <laughs> <laughs> I regret it every time. Assuming I don't get zapped back to 1985, hopefully we'll speak, speak again soon. All the best. Danvi, aged. Oh, I like what he's done there. Now He's aged Arbok years and Charizard months. So Arbok was Pokemon number... Uh... Uh, oh gosh, uh, twenty-four. Wait, he's older than twenty-four, isn't he? He's twenty-four. Oh, but hang on, it's just, presumably he's going from um. Yeah, it's time to be twenty-four. I thought he was older than me. No, no, you're really old, mate. I'm so old. Okay, so, he's, so... And, and then Charizard was um number six. Thirty. I want to say. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, Bubble Saw was number yeah. one. Uh, yeah, he's six. Yes. Oh, God, memory. Um, but I like that a lot. I'm I, I really big fan of that, including uh, like your name in, a, <laughs> in years and months as Pokemon. I like that. We should also say Harry's uh, previous email. He signed off. Um, All the love as always. Harry Tidby, aged and currently still aging, which I think is really oh. good. <laughs> yeah. Randall, that's Outstanding good. Work. Outstanding work. Um. <laughs> and then finally... We have uh, an email from Chua Carling saying, all caps, I hope this isn't too late! 
Dear gentlemen, first of all, I'd like to thank you for the amazing and indeed very good quality Wikicast sticker I received. You are most welcome. Uh, mm. It made my day and became the first thing I've ever slapped on my computer. Tua, that's me. That's me too. I never put stickers on my computer. I don't like it's, having stuff it's on there. Such good quality. It's so nice. I, I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, now, to explain the headline, Simon, on the latest episode, you asked for recommendations on what to do in Manchester. I did indeed. Uh, and since living here for a few years, I have some options. So this is the, I thought this might be interesting for people because uh, Manchester is a, is a great city. When I've, when I've visited before, I just haven't really done it properly. Um, so the Manchester Museum is another great option for a museum if you're around the university area. I have to have a look. The John Rylands Library. Um, now, I've been told because I'm going to be finishing off my thesis probably actually in Manchester because I finally got an email back from my supervisor about my corrections. Um, so I may actually be working at the John Rylands Library, which is apparently lovely on the inside. And I must, all caps, go to Rudy's Pizza in all of its Neapolitan goodness. It's cheapish and approved by my Italian housemate. Well, I'll making a note of that. Uh, hang I on. really want pizza now. Sorry, mate. That's that. I really want pizza. So I'm going to have to have one of my salmon and frozen vegetable meals in a second. Um nice. Uh, hang on, Rudy Pizza. I'm just going to make a note of that for Friday. Uh, Friday, Friday, going to eat pizza on Friday. Um, okay. Oh, He's, now, the next item here is Quidditch. I emailed you a while back about trying out Quidditch, and you and Dan especially seemed willing to give it a go. Manchester has its own teams, the Manchester Manticores and the Manchester Minotaurs. And as it happens, I've just become the captain. So oh my god, that's so exciting. So I wonder I, w- I wonder if they've ever played Exeter, because we've got we've got the Exeter Eagles as Exeter University's Quidditch team. I know that uh, Oxford has one as well. I, I filmed them um, practicing once. So they must they must be some kind of league, right? Yeah. Well, um, there, there is a um, uh, the British Quidditch Cup, the BQ- BQC. Of course, uh, it's, it's, it's the it's the. I mean, the, the, nobody is it's at all surprised that I know <laughs> straight away. Um, Dan actually yeah. played as the snitch uh, several years. Oh no, I, I shouldn't joke. That is actually a legit position, isn't it? That you get someone playing the snitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so, so so back to Chua's email. Uh, so if there's ever an opportunity to try Quidditch, it is now. We have casual summer practices throughout the week, and you'd be welcome to join. Both of you, whenever you find yourselves in Manchester. Um, if you want to see some games, we also have some uh, high-performance trainings on Saturdays in Plattsfield Park. Now, I'm, I am actually going to be in Manchester on Saturday. I oh, may have, have to, to go, and I will be vlogging this one, so I may actually have to come and see you. Um, there you go. If you listen to this on Saturday morning, you've got the tiniest amount of warning. Um, so, uh, Wow. Okay. Oh, oh, that's with her lo- uh, local team, Northern Watch, for the Quidditch Premier League happening this summer. Um, uh, oh, just signs off with brr. Chewer. What does brr mean? Be- is that like know. an Best abbreviation? Regards. Best regards, maybe? Brr, Chewer. Brr, Chewer. I'm too deep into exam week to start figuring out my age infractions. Fair enough. Uh, well... I may actually have to go. I will make a note of that uh, on Saturday. That does sound bloody good. I've been meaning to to, to pop along to um, Exeter's Quidditch, uh, Quidditch yeah. team. Um, you should play it on tour. Absolutely. I'm going to be bringing a Frisbee as well because I used to be in my school's Ultimate Frisbee team because um, Ultimate Frisbee is just a king sport. It's so much fun. Oh, um, yeah. So I'll be packing one of those. <laughs> it's going to be packing a Frisbee. Yeah. So, Daniel, in summary, what, what have we learned today? Oh my goodness. Okay, so we started with Poems for the Hazara, oh, a yes. multilingual multilingual poetry anthology. Um, compo- it was like 125 internationally recognised poets from the 68 countries. 
uh, or for the uh, for the Hazara people, which are people in Afghanistan. Uh, yes, yes, Afghanistan. Yeah, um, yeah, an ethnic group native to the region of uh, Hazajarat in central Afghanistan. And this was it, uh, it tied into me because I've been doing this uh, series about uh, translations. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's an amazing project. Like, yeah. it's a shame that it's under copyright, so we can't actually read any of it out. But it sounds phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely going to give a look through. If you go to the link, you, there's a full list of all the poets there. So, given that we have, this might be a great time to see. Given we have such a a, a, a multicultural and multilingual uh, readership. Um, I urge everyone to go to this Wikipedia page and find your country and find your country's representative. Find the poet and give them a look and see. You might already know them. Um, you might not. See if you can find one of their poems and send it in. Send in which one that you like the most. And yeah, then we might read yeah. them out next week or something. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, and then what else? We talked about... I talked about 40,000. Um, yeah, as as which came as a complete f***ing surprise to everybody listening. <laughs> Um, you wait I till I actually about, start playing again. I talked about God of War, which also came as a complete surprise to everyone listening. Uh, we talked about the forest. We talked. We spoke about, about exams. We yeah. spoke talked about the wedding. For goodness' sake, we talked about the royal we did. wedding. A we did. We talked about the wedding, um, and we. Well, you're you're going to be next next Thursday. When did you say? I, yeah, I am down. We should actually record something, shouldn't we? Because I am. Yeah. I am finally, finally moving out because I am finally, finally um, moving in with Pixel Girl full time. So I will be down next to next week. So we, we'll yeah. try and do something. Um, so, yeah, that, that's quite... Uh, there's a lot to look forward to in the next episode, I think. We've got lots yeah, of crazy... It's going to be very exciting. Got, yeah. There's going to be lots of things. I think it's also worth mentioning now. I'm going to put the feelers out there now. Come Ooh, the oh, get end, off me. Oh. <laughs> oh, is... Come the end of this month... I, noose. Um, I don't. I won't be around for a while. He's dying. He'll I'll be, be back in yeah. three days. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be... I've got chapel tour. Are you coming on that as well? Sadly, I am not. No, okay. I'm a bit, a bit gutted about that. I am going to yeah. Portugal to film some videos, um, ah, fair. which are a very, very interesting set of videos, but it just so happened yeah. uh, to be in tour, which is a bit sad, really. Fair. I, do, I also got, as a, as a complete surprise, um, Peter Robinson is going to be an extra on Sunday. He's going to sing Compline with us. Oh, what? He's going to be in for. He's going to be down for a couple of days. Yeah. Oh, I'm missing. Um, oh, Peter Robinson. Yeah, God amongst men. It's going to be, be super. But but yeah, the only, the only reason I mention it, I've got Chapel Tour, and then I will, I will be at home. I won't be in Exeter because two days later, I then fly back out of Stansted to go to Rome, um, to to be doing stuff. Incidentally, if we have any French listeners or Italian listeners, from the twenty fifth till I think for about five days, Ex University Singers will be in Rome. Um, I'll be in Rome. If you want to come and say hello, and come to when in Rome. Stuff. Come and see singers perform. Absolutely. Uh, either on my Twitter or maybe on the Wikicast page, um, because given that it's kind of it's it can be semi-relevant. Um, if you want to come and hear any of the concerts that we're doing, that goes the same with the chapel stuff as well. Um, mm. Please do come and say hello. It's always great meeting people. I was actually at um, I was at Pre's for a, a party. I think not last night, but the night before. Um, and there was a there was a girl there who was a listener, and we we had a photo and a nice chat, and it was really nice. Um, it's really lovely when people come up and just say hello. So mm. um, if you fancy it, I'll be in Rome and Italy through June, and then in July later on when I go away with Homerton, I'll be in Prague. So hit me up, send some emails through of what I should be doing uh, in Rome and Prague and and 
and rural France. Do his work for him, everyone. That's what we're saying. That's all I'm asking. You know. and, and that's all for this week's episode. <laughs> oh, that's so professional. Uh, well, that's great. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook. And if you'd like to see our faces and possibly Alex and Simon screaming their faces off at the forest, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Dan's travel recommendations, thoughts on Warhammer 40,000, and the royal wedding, if you're interested too. And other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you next time. time. Okay, okay. Um, Fee. Uh, Fee is a female name, right? I don't or know. Because I don't want to... Are we going to say God or Goddess, or should we just go with God right the way through everything? I th- just go with God right the way through. Yeah. Fee- is that fear? or is that Fi? I don't know. Fee, Fi, Fo, Fum. Wee. <laughs> Wee. Banter. Um. <laughs>